bum bum bottom 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 bum
Mark, we are so excited to have you back in the Love Nest, back in the Creator Corner to chat with us today. Uh, a lot has happened since the last time you joined us here on the podcast. How are you coping? Uh, or how are you excelling in uh, pandemic lifestyle? Uh, what are the challenges it's presented to you and whatnot? Oh, my word. Well, yeah, it's, I'm trying to think when it was. When did we first speak? Was it was it? It can't be. I want to say March last year, but it, that just seems crazy. It was. It was at the very beginning of it. So yeah. as, I think the episode came out in early April, and so right, we okay. had just locked down. And we were like, "This is weird. This couldn't possibly get weirder. This but, is going to be the weirdest <laughs> month or two of our lives." Yeah, if, <laughs> if only we knew. So uh, it's. I think it's a good opportunity to check back in with uh, with you and, yeah. and with ourselves. I guess. Because I think when we when we spoke, I had just. Um, I think you got a copy of my Magnum PI comment. I'll yep. flash it up on the screen, even though people can't see this, but, you know, it's a reference point. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, actually, no, you've got this one. So this was the the, the, the first print, and then this was the second print. Right. Um, oh, cool. So, uh, so, that, so that in itself shows you that things have gone quite well. Hmm. Uh, the, the Magnum comic um, took, took me by total surprise. And turned out to be one of my most popular, if not my most popular comic I've ever done. <laughs> we are not surprised because it's a damn delight. It's a great comic. And uh, I think the Tom Selleck Magna P.I. nostalgia is, is it's real. real. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I didn't. I did this 100 percent as a fan of the TV show. I grew up watching that TV show. Um, loving Tom Selleck, you know, obviously you've got the, the iconic look with the moustache. And there was just something about about that, you know, the, the car. It was just such a cool show, and it embodies for me, um, embodies you know that, that whole eighties TV, you know, with, with the A team, and, and it's just it's just that kind of whole thing. Um, and and so um, that that was kind of my, you know, I was born in the early seventies, but that was you know around that time, the eighties, early eighties was my child, you know, when I really start to sort of know what was going on, and. Um, and so yeah, I just re distinctly remember that. And so it was done with the sheer love of it. Not it wasn't to poke fun at it. It, it was a, 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 I think as they say, a homage. Uh, <laughs> and um, and I just wanted to just, you know, I, obviously I, last time we spoke, you, you, I, I came, you told you how it kind of came about. And um, yeah, and, and and who knew doing it would be so much fun. And so it was our, and this is genuinely true when we had that conversation because in the original version before the second print on the back cover it said to to be continued it, it wasn't going to be continued that was the joke <laughs> it, that was it it was just a one-off little comic i was doing this a light page comic it almost kind of like just something to to, to to warm up um and just uh, all right just to warm up um and um kind of get it out of my system so to speak um uh, and then just kind of you know move on because i just thought well it's not gonna I'm not say it's not gonna go anywhere but it's um, it was just the doing of it, you know. Sometimes you you come up with these ideas, and I, I didn't really see past anything else other than the eight pages. And uh, so the to be continued was just something I put at the end. And maybe it was like, well, let's put to be continued because it seemed it seemed easier to leave it on a cliffhanger than try and wrap it up in eight pages. Mm -hmm. So that's why I did it like that. It was a kind of a it was a cliffhanger of sorts, you know. And, and I thought, well, you know, maybe people might enjoy it. And I might do another one at some point, um, but then, yeah, and then it just people just started buying it. It's crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, we adored the first volume. We've now read the second issue uh, in strips on your Patreon. Yeah, and which which uh, not Patreon, Kofi. Kofi, excuse me. Which yeah. was inspired by you guys. Oh wow! How, how so? Because in the in the first time we spoke, I think you must have referenced about the cliffhanger. Yeah. And obviously at that point, I didn't want to say anything, but you were like, I can't wait to see what's going to happen next. <laughs> and I sort of sat there thinking, yeah. Um, and then, and so you kind of said that and that kind of stuck with me. And then, so I'm maybe about a month in, I, into the lockdown, um, I think here in the UK, we kind of locked down maybe two weeks before you guys did, mm -hmm. or certain parts of America. And um, so about a month into the lockdown, uh, it became apparent that a lot of my um, comics that I was doing for publications, um, I, I did I did two. So I do I, I still do um, one a month for the Brooklyn Red Hook Star Review um, over in Brooklyn, New York. 
um, which I've been doing for quite a few years now. And that's just like a little four-panel strip. It's a comic called Hot Dog and Mustard, these two dogs. Um, again, you know, I'm throwing it up. You know, why, why not? Just, let's just oh, throw it we'll, there. We'll, um, include, we'll include photos and links in the show notes yeah, as well. Cool. Um, so um, uh, so I, I do that a month. And um, I, the first sign that I thought things were going to go a bit wrong was when the editor, I, 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 was, I did another one for a magazine called Comic Scene, a UK magazine about oh, yeah. British comics. And, I, and from, its, from its first issue, uh, I did every issue of it. Um, I did a one-page comic called Wacko Man, just kind of like this um, Adam West Batman kind of superhero kind of uh, um, uh, thing um, that then started to get quite bizarre towards the end. I started to, uh, in my opinion, I was being influenced by the idea of Watchmen um, uh, you know, uh, and, and that kind of thing. So I was kind of sending it off into a bit of a crazy place. <laughs> uh, anyway, that magazine, um, so it came, so I would do one a month, but there was no set sort of date when I, uh, well, there was, but there was no, it always kind of fluctuated. Sometimes I'd get it done a bit earlier. Sometimes it would um, be a bit close to the bone. And and I just checked, I'd sent off the my, what turned out to be my last ever one, um, either just before or just into the, the lockdown. And then I said, can I just check, you know, when's the date for when you're going to want the next one? Because obviously things are a bit crazy. It's just so I can plan. And he said, let's just hold off for the moment because all the shops closed. Yeah. So, you know, everything's crazier than it was. It is now, you know, obviously like all the comic shops closed, you know, crazy Marvel and DC actually stopped publishing comics. It was, you know, and so it was just like insane. And so they stopped the magazine. And in the back of my mind, I didn't, I had a feeling it wasn't going to carry on. I just something said to me, I don't think I'm going to do this. This isn't going to happen again. And so I lost that. Oh, so I knew I'd lost it for the foreseeable future. I think he said, you know, let's sort of check in where we are in sort of July. And I thought, and this is like March. And I'm thinking, <laughs> all right, okay. You know, it's, you know, it was, it was a small part of my, my income, but it was still a part of my income. Uh, and you know, when you're a creator, you're in the mindset as well of, of I'm, I'm doing this each month or I'm doing this each week. And so um, I then approached the New York paper and said, are you going to want a, a comic? And he was like, let me get back to you next week. Oh, I was like, oh, no. So I was literally like, I can't lose all my, because two years ago, again, because one magazine stopped and a, and a newspaper um, folded, um, I ended up losing a, um, a, a twice weekly strip. It's not twice weekly, a, a twice monthly strip. And a, and a monthly um, full page uh, is a similar kind of thing. Not not obviously with a pandemic, but just the the, the publications just ceased to exist. Mm. And I found myself as a cartoonist that wasn't actually doing any regular published comics. And and so then I set about fixing that. And that's what these two jobs were. And then I'd lost one, and I thought, oh no, I'm going to lose <laughs> another one. Anyway, the editor said to me, "Listen, I can I can commit to doing next month's because it's a community paper, so he wasn't." You know, there, there was no funding. It was all coming out of his pocket. Uh, his main business was a postal business, mm. so that had just been clobbered as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he said, "Let me get back to you next next week." And he said, he came back and said, "Listen, I, I will do it, but I can only pay you half what I usually would pay." So I thought, well, it's quite easy for him to have said, "Listen, I don't need a comic. Uh, I need to save my money." So the fact that he said that he was willing to pay me something was really cool. So I said, "That's fine." Um, it, it turned out that with the exchange rate, I don't think I got much less than I usually got anyway. So it didn't really, and I carried on going. And that was the only month when he did that. Uh, and then I just carried on. So oh, so that one didn't go. Um, but my long-winded answer to <laughs> how did you influence me was um, because um, with you saying, you know, how much you enjoyed it and uh, continuing. So I thought, right, what do I do? I, I don't just sit here and start crying. And obviously, there's no publications that are going to be taking on new work at the minute because no one's publishing anything. So I've been using Kofi a little bit um, uh, prior to it, and 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 and, uh, and I thought, right, okay, I need to use Kofi and see if I can see if I can fill the gap of what I was getting each month for the print comic. If I could do that in Kofi, if I could get enough support each month. And I thought, well, the the, the, the comic strip from the newspaper from the magazine that's not going to do it. People don't know that enough um, for, for 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 it to um, for that to generate money. But maybe um, if I turned to Magnum, my most successful comic, <laughs> maybe, 
people would would want to see more of that. And so I did another article on Bleeding Cool, which my initial article for them was what really helped get the attention on that comic. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the sales definitely did, because when that that article went live, literally like an hour later, I got so many sales. It it, it was fantastic. Um, And um, so I did another article saying I was turning it into a webcomic. I contacted everybody that bought the first issue and said, I'm doing this. And, and people really connected with it again. So I, I started doing it monthly again from the end of... So the first one was like the 1st of May. Um, and I did that every month up until December uh, of last year, uh, where the last strip came out on the anniversary of 40 years since Magnum aired in the US. Oh, my God. How fun is that? That makes me feel way old. I have so many <laughs> follow-up questions. I, I, I do, too. So do, do you, you go, and then I'll go, then you go, then I go. Okay, so my first one is what I respond to very much in your answer is this idea of carrying on. You know, I yes. am inspired by your hustle. Big time. And obviously, you know, you found something that connected a little bit, and you were able to... Um, shape that into and and mold it into something that would gain more outreach. And it did. And, you know, I can't remember if Bill Sienkiewicz had given you a quote at when we first talked or not. Uh, no, he that came after that came with my other comment because I started doing Bring the Ninja on Instagram. Right. Yes, yes, so, right, right. Bring the Ninja just started when we last talked. Bring the Ninja is we love fantastic. Love. That's so awesome. It's such a great comic. And then you've got a Bill Sienkiewicz quote on that. And then recently, you also got the attention of Tom Scioli, who's uh, you know oh. one of our idols as well. Um, yeah. What? How did that come about? And <laughs> what does that mean for your business? I. Uh, it's just, so, so the Bill Sienkiewicz, because he's been amazing. Um, I, I literally, um, he's one of those names that only up until last year that I, could, I knew how to pronounce. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a fact. Because I agree. Up until it was, it was Christmas the year before. So the Christmas before the pandemic uh, or the pesky pandemic, as I think us comic people need to call it. I think that's what Adam West would be calling it, <laughs> pesky pandemic. Um um, it was the Christmas just before when we all had normal lives, and I watched. Um, it was Kevin Smith. He had he has a thing on uh, online. He obviously hasn't done this in a while. It was him and another guy. They were in basically what looked like the Cantina Bar. Yeah. Um, in Star Wars, I can't think what it's called. The show, uh, Fat anyway, Man Beyond, with Mark Bernardin, I believe, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and and it, and it was um, it was Bill Sienkiewicz, and then they were talking about Rise of Skywalker, and and I thought, oh, Bill Sienkiewicz, his name had kind of come back into me into my sort of, you know, um, uh, I can't think what the word is, um, into my zone yeah. for some whatever reason. And then he said he was being interviewed. And it had never dawned on me really to um, to go and – I'd been following him on, on, on Twitter and Instagram. But it never dawned on me to actually just see if there was any interviews with him prior to this. So I watched this interview. And that interview was fascinating and really, really helped me because uh, he was talking about – it was really inspiring because he was talking about um, – when he was doing like the new mutants and stuff like that, so uh, and, and and just sort of and, and they were just letting him go for it, and then when he came to be working with Frank Miller and doing Electro Assassin, um, he'd been doing the covers um, and um, he'd started painting the covers, and back then he'd said that there was no there was no rate at Marvel for painting a cover. Mm. I think like the rate for doing a cover was like fifty dollars. That mm. was it. And they said, well, listen, you know, you can do these covers, you can do them however you want, but the rate is $50. And he thought, I'm getting paid. I'm not getting paid, obviously, nearly enough, but I'm still getting paid and I'm getting to do what I want. Mm. And that as a creator is really important because, yeah, it's all about getting paid. I have a young family and, and if I'm doing stuff, you know, it's it's got to make money. It's got it's to be going somewhere. I can't just be indulging my fantasies. But if you're getting paid and you're in control of it, then do you know what? That's still good because it might lead to something. And look, and look where it led in. <laughs> he's, done, he's done all right, hasn't he, really? Yeah. Um, and so, and that got him a chance to sort of really, and then do a lecture and, and probably get paid, you know, um, I, I don't know whether he was still on that rate for a lecture because I don't know whether it was like a, a page rate. Uh, I think I'm saying this right. It was, the, it was the cover rate that was $50 or maybe it was the, the interior page. I don't know. But he, 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 he just thought, I'm just going to do it. 
Um, and, and so that interview with him was really uh, inspiring. And so it kind of put him on my radar. I was really interested in, he seemed like a really nice guy. Um, and then I watched a lot more stuff and, and just got really inspired by how he did things. And and and, uh, and and it's weird how your inspirations for making your own comics can come from places where if you were to look at my comic, would you look at any of my comics and say, oh, I can see the Bill Sinkevich influence there. <laughs> Particularly in Bring the Ninja, it really is. It, for me, every single page it, 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 it's there because the inspiration doesn't necessarily mean you, you're doing a comic in terms of how they draw or how they compose things. It's If they're kind of sat on your shoulder or behind you while you're doing it, um, then that to me is how somebody's inspired you. Yeah. Uh, and, and my line of people who are inspiring me is there's a long line of them behind me when I'm making a comic. They're all there and they kind of keep kind of shuffling forward and, you know, Sergio Argonas, he's always there with Bill Watson. They're, they're kind of level and then they kind of come forward and they're sometimes, you know, um, uh, Tom Richmond from... Uh, from uh, well, not he is from Mad Magazine. You know, Mad isn't isn't there, but it's, you know, wonderful Tom. He kind of creeps up sometimes, and then um, Lou Stringer, who's a British comic artist, a cartoonist over here, he does, and then and then you know, and so Bill Sinkevich was kind of like the the, the new guy in this kind of lineup. Um, Frank Miller had been there as well for a long time, um, and I just I don't know how it happened. I just sent him a message um, on Twitter. I just said, you know, um, uh, about checking out my comics. And he said, yeah, sure, I'd love to. Um, and then I got a, his email address and a direct message from him on Twitter. And um, he, um, I feel like there's something else. There was another reason. There was something else. Like, it's not coming to me. But, he, yeah, we just got a conversation. And then he emailed me back. Oh, that was it. A, a, a friend of mine called Leonard Sultana he goes by the name of the Englishman in San Diego. Oh, yeah, we know him. Yeah, we're buds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, his birth, it's Leonard's birthday today. Yeah. So I know this is going to go live on a different day, but we're, we're talking on a Monday, uh, and Monday the 18th of January. It's Leonard's birthday. Happy birthday, Leonard. Yeah, happy and, birthday, Leonard. Yeah, so just prior to, to me getting the connection with him, Leonard was supposed to interview him on his show. And, and it didn't end up happening, And but Leonard thought it was going to do, and it didn't end up happening. Anyway, it turned out that Bill had got the wrong date or something had happened. Anyway, he came back on, and uh, and in between then, Leonard had sort of tweeted about me, and because and, I had said about, I hope Bill can come back on, and Bill had liked it, and I just found my way in there. Yeah. And then, yeah, he replied back to me, and I sent him the comic. It was, I think it was finished at that point, and, um, or just finished, and I didn't know. I was hoping, he, I thought, it's going to go one of two ways. He's going to see this, and he's going to see that there's this energy of just going for it and doing things your way, or he's going to look at it and go, why have you sent me this? <laughs> and, 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 and I have to tell you that the, the email he sent me back to tell me he was going to do a quote, that email itself was a quote. <laughs> oh. And I just, I can't believe. He said, he just, it came at a really cool time, and I just read it, and I just thought, this is insane because he doesn't need to say this. He's not just saying it just to get rid of me because, and and he obviously meant it and it meant the world to me and it was really cool. And anytime when I first started promoting it, when it came out, anytime I, and I thanked him, you know, and I did a tweet uh, with a picture of the back cover just to say, you know, this is so cool. He would retweet and just off that retweet, I picked up sales and stuff like that. And so that yeah, was amazing. I, so, uh, I don't know. I can never hear enough the message of like you want to get in contact with a really cool person how about just ask <laughs> you know just reach yeah. out there what's the worst that happens you're strangers now yeah You'll continue being strangers yeah. as long as you're polite and you say nice things about their work and you're not just approaching anybody you're going oh well that person will do you know <laughs> if it means genuinely means something i think they can tell that and and and, and so yeah that, that's how we went with bill and then similarly with, with like tom Shirley, um I'd, I'd be, I, I didn't realize that I was a fan of his work. I, 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 I picked up, when it, when it came out, the Transformers versus G.I. Joe free comic book day issue solely because it looked totally different than, than the majority of all the other modern comics. It looked more like the comics that I grew up with. Um, but what I didn't realize when I started reading it, I was like, hang on a sec, what is this? The, 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 this humor in this, this is this is black comedy in here. This is the humor's dark. Um, 
this this is not what I was expecting. The way the characters were talking mid battle, it was kind of like a little bit like Tarantino, I suppose, in a way. Their conversations in the middle of something else that was quite extreme, and that kind of re- resonated with me. I like that kind of thing, the ridiculousness of characters. And this is weird because this is how I approach Bring the Ninja. You know, you're in the middle of a battle and suddenly you stop to have your sandwiches. And, <laughs> and I, I like that. That was the kind of thing I did with you. In fact, in fact, actually, I'm going back. I actually sent you guys the first strip um, just before I launched it. Right. And, but the, I don't know if you remember the very first strip I sent. Um, on one of the panels, um, it, it was quite different. The, 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 the dialogue was quite different. It was, it was just kind of straightforward. And uh, and, it, and it was just kind of it wasn't really it, it was missing a little bit of the tone which then became what the whole comic was, and just by changing it, I made the comment about um, uh, the character um, getting home back home to his wife mm. uh, be- before breakfast, and then it transpired that the the superhero of the of the comic uh, his wife had just left him, and then it became a thing about that. And um, uh, and 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 his wife leaving him then became a kind of a running joke that I kept referring back to. Um, so like this little device that wasn't there when I when I kind of came up with it. Uh, but then as soon as I got that bit, it all kind of clicked really. Um, and so um, yeah, and so and for me that was then when I went back and reread Transformers vs GI Joe. I think I was in the middle of doing Bring the Ninja. And and I thought, oh, I, I need to check that out because I, I kind of feel I, I'd been reading that was it. I'd been rereading some of my old GI Joe comics, just the, the straightforward Marvel ones, um, and uh, from from sort of like the mid to late eighties, yeah. And just as a bit of inspiration, because I kind of felt it was kind of going like a bit of a that GI Joe kind of a team kind of way. I felt like I was assembling a bit of a team kind of thing, um, and I thought, oh, I must dig out that 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 random one. And reread it and thought, wow, this is there's so much in this that I've kind of been maybe channeling, or maybe it, it, it resonated with me because it was the kind of thing I like to do in, in how I wrote the comics and stuff like that. Um, and so I then reread that and then went onto eBay and it became my lockdown kind of um, thing of just picking up random issues of that series. I didn't mm. know how many issues there have been. There was twelve, I believe. Yeah. Um, I, I know you, I could have picked it up in the trade, but uh, format. But I just thought I, I wanted to get the cover, so I just randomly picked them because of which cover I thought looked cool. Fun. Uh, so I dipped into them. Like I had, I had issue zero. I think I then got issue three. Uh, then I went issue seven, and 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 I've been doing that over the course of a year, just picking up random issues. And and reading it out of out of sequence as well, which is quite a random thing to do, because you realise how it becomes. I think was it you guys who referred to him as the the the, the, um, the Stanley Kubrick of comics. That I wish we had. That's but a great no, one. No, that was not us. That's a <laughs> great. Somebody somebody said that to me when I was talking about him, that he's the Stanley Kubrick of comics, <laughs> and I can really see that in the later issues. We're stealing because it. it's just insane, and it's going off, and and I love. I love that whole thing of, of starting a series where you, you know it's starting here. Like when I did Bring the Ninja, most of my comics don't have like an end. I, I'm just kind of, particularly now I'm doing the web the web comics mm-hmm. and, and, and then self-publishing those as a collection. Um, I don't really have an end because I, I just wanted to kind of run and see where they could go. And Bring the Ninja, I had lots of ideas um, and, and it was quite nice to sort of know where you're starting and know that by the time you get to a point where you kind of either get to an end or you go, I'm, I'm going to put a bit of a pause on it for the time being, that the comic that started and the comic it is now is like almost like totally different. Mm. Uh, and I really like that. And that's what I got from from that comic um, and, and, and definitely things in it that inspired me for what some ideas that I've got for when I come back to it, um, which might be maybe in the summer... Uh, I might start doing that again on Instagram. So um, another incredibly long answer. I no, love no, it. that's okay. That's what we're here for. I was thinking, because uh, we don't want to abuse, you're very generous with your time. Um, so, so I was thinking maybe we could do a little bit of a CBCC lightning round. This is like our first ever. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Cool. I'm, I'm excited. I've got, oh. I've got, you know, 10, 15 minutes. It's okay. fine. Okay, great. Thank you. Okay, so the first one would be like, what would your have you heard of the five love languages? 
No. Okay. So the five love languages are the five ways you um, like you prefer to to give and receive love. So it's words of affirmation, okay. gifts, physical touch, quality time, and what's the last one? Um, uh, words of affirmation, physical touch, quality time, gifts, and I'm blanking on it. I'm blanking on it. Oh, anyway. So... It, but you get a lot of feedback from fans. Now Brad is going to rack his brain. Uh, no, I'm going to go to You're the internet. You're going to Google it. Um, you get a lot of feedback from fans in different forms and from, obviously, like your mentors we've already talked about. So what is your feedback love language? Love language? Would it be words of affirmation? Would it be quality time, like doing a signing or doing one of your online um kids drawing classes or things like that acts of service acts of service where you would um i guess do uh, artistic favors for others i guess or physical touch how what would physical touch be um as an artist a handshake, handshake or a handshake or a high five yeah. but not during the pandemic so what would your yeah. feedback love language be yeah so i like yeah i think there's nothing nicer one of the nicest things was when so i prior to the lockdown i, I did in my hometown, it, it, kind of, it came back in the summer a little bit, but then it dipped off again. We we have like a, a local a monthly market here in the town, um, like it, it called, like an artisan market. It's, there's food, there's drink, there's um, uh, uh, people uh, do uh, craft stuff. You know, creators, people selling their things that they've created, whether it be just something they just do on the side or whether it's their their job. And and I've been doing that for seven. This might be my eighth year now. Um, and so each month uh, I would have my table with my with my comics on. So it's like almost like doing like a little comic show each month. But I was the only one selling comics. It was amazing. Mm. And so the, the the thing that I loved the most was when somebody had bought something one month. Um, somebody who maybe had drawn with me or maybe even discovered my stuff for the first time. And then the next month, or even maybe the month after that, but they came back to want to buy another comic. Yeah. And so that was that was like. That's, that's a nice feeling because you just think, well, obviously they like what I'm doing and then that makes you want to do more because it makes you want to shamelessly do more so you can sell them more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I would say that would be gifts, right? Because yeah. they're, they're coming back and they're and affirming a, their love of you by giving you, you, you a, a little jingle jangle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th hurts. I think it also rides the line with words of affirmation. Yeah, yeah. Brad thinks everything is words of affirmation. That's true. Words of affirmation have to be specific. And like quality you, time. I, th I think it could, be, it could also oh, go yeah. with quality time mm. because, you know, it was it was never a case. That it was like they would come and we'd have a chat and I would ask them what, what they liked about it. Oh, that's and, nice. Um, and it was just nice to sort of inspire them or maybe they'd come back with a comic that they'd made and showed me that as well oh yeah off the back of what i'd done and these things made the world to me because it, it, if, if i'd have had that it, I, I was a little bit less fortunate when i was kind of growing up that the comic shows weren't really they, they probably they were going on mm. uh, but they, they, they weren't as accessible um <clears throat> the way they are now um to 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 to, uh, to all ages I think there was a certain age range that they were appealing to, um, you know, in the late 80s or, you know, early 80s, all the way through to maybe the 90s. I don't know. It's be only become more recent that, that comic shows have become a family thing. Yes. Um, and, and, and there are even specific events that now, uh, let's say, target that, but but make a point of making, I'm involved with, with a number of them, make a point of, and I organized one in my hometown, make a point of including the family. This is something, this isn't just for for the parent or or for the child. This is a family kind of thing. Yeah, That's yeah. Something that, sh that shared time is, is, is important. And, and, it's, and it can surprise people by going, well, I didn't realize that comics were of interest to me, but they are. Yeah. <laughs> so quality time, I love that. Yeah, yeah quality time. Yeah, and you know, like the virtual experience of the cons is interesting. And like the virtual experience that we're having right now is kind of interesting. Yeah. But I do miss going to a convention mm -hmm. and meeting yeah. creators face to face. Yeah, and yes. it, and as um, consumers as well, like it, it does feel good to be able to give, because our love language is words of affirmation. So it feels good to go to an artist and be able to say like, we really enjoy your stuff. It really, yeah, yeah. like it, it feels more like giving love than 
you know, go, you know, so yeah. having their comic book in our box and paying for it every month. That's that's a fact. That's a fact. What's your other? Okay, so um, I'll, I'll take these three questions and turn them into one. So I love taking life lessons out of everything that you do, and so my um, so. Like, you've built this discipline of being an artist, and being an artist is incredibly demanding and giving of yourself. So what has being an artist taught you about being a better partner, a better parent, or a better self? So you can answer all three or just one. It's up to you. Life lessons for being an artist. Yeah, so, um, well, I mean, a lot of what, you know... I have two children, two girls, and, and just drawing together sort of inspires me, my work anyway, and, and, and sort of kind of keeps being creative um, in, in my life at all times, kind of thing. Um, and so, um, in terms of just, I suppose you know, on, on, the, on a basic level, uh, the, the, the more I do, the more I create, the more opportunities I get. The, the, the better things can be because this is this is how I make my money mm-hmm. uh, and so if you know the, the, the more opportunities that come along which then turn into sex successes or, or, or you know financial um, you know um, reward um, are going to make life uh, you know it keeps it keeps not like making life better money isn't about making life better but it's about at least sustaining you know a, a, a living where I can provide for the family that's how I look at it yeah. um, I don't um, you know, I love doing it, but I have got to the point now where, because I kind of came back to this, you know, sort of 10, 11 years ago, I got to the point where what I do is, you know, it has to be worthwhile. I, I can't just indulge myself, um, you know, in terms of spending money on on, on, on self-publishing comics. Um, you know, it has to be. And so I've built that up to make, to, to know that if I self-publish a comic, now I feel that, yeah, I know that this is going to, it's going to do something, or you you hope you never know. Definitely, but I'm in a position where I know what I need to do in order to to do that. So it's not a waste of of time mm-hmm. and a waste of money. Where my wife, who has been incredibly supportive through all this, uh, she runs my Etsy store and uh, and, and set all up and, and everything. You know, she does all that that, that side of things, and, and it's just there with you know ideas and and, and promoting my stuff. And, and so it kind of works that way. Yeah, it's it is me doing this, but it, you know I couldn't do it without everybody behind me. Mm. Um, you know, I mentioned about the long line of creators, but you know I've got my my family behind me at all times. Kind of uh, you know whether it be even just simple things like when I'm doing my online workshop, um, every you know everybody making sure that the the, the Wi-Fi is all switched off on anything else, mm-hmm. um, turning the television off. You know, which at the moment in, in lockdown and when we can't go anywhere, the, the TV is quite handy. We're going, sorry, you're going to have to have the television turned off because, um, you know, I need to do this. So uh, I, I'm just kind of keeping the children from from rattling the door in the <laughs> middle of uh, one of my workshops or, or, you know, if I'm fortunate enough, people want to um, interview me. So so that support there, you know, that's... I kind of feel that maybe answers your question. Yeah. Oh, I took three lessons from that. So the first lesson is you can't afford to to um, not take opportunities. That every like you you if you want to be an artist, if you want to be a better person, like value opportunities. Every opportunity yes. has a true value. The second lesson I took was. Um, the, I love the metaphor of like the Wi-Fi going like <laughs> to have true quality time, the, like time is like a resource, just like Wi-Fi. And there's only so many things you can have running on your quality time. So sometimes if you want to have true quality, you have to turn off those other distractions. That was the second. And then of no, course the, the ongoing message of, you know, don't just like you don't take opportunities for granted. Don't ever take your support for granted because you're going to notice when it's not there. You know what I mean? Oh, no, definitely. Yeah. No, I, I you know, I, I am not I'm drawing the comics on my own, but mm. I am doing them. I even believe that the way that I make my comics is directly influenced by our family life and how um, um, it was. We worked eight years at home before with with children in the house before our youngest daughter um started school so 
the way I worked in terms of what time of the day um, was influenced by who was around, who was and wasn't at school, uh, and also how I worked even when they were in the house. You know, suddenly we're on school holidays and suddenly the children are, are in the house. Um, I definitely think that the way I make comics has been influenced by that in terms of how it's amazing what you can do in a short space of time. Mm. Um, I don't, um, I don't take my time for granted. I get things done. Um, uh, for instance, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not blowing my own trumpet, but it surprises me sometimes because I don't quite understand. Uh, but like, I, I sent you guys um, the, the third part of the Spook Kids comic, mm-hmm. uh, just the, the black and white line art. I still now don't quite understand how I managed to manage to get it all done because I, I, I'm sure I was still at the point where I was about to start it and then suddenly I've got a page done. I think, how have I done that? Because we, we, the girls are now not in school. You know, we've got homeschooling going on. And, and I've done it because I've been getting up and doing like an hour's work before breakfast every mm-hmm. morning. So I sit in my uh, in my pyjamas and do, do an hour's work. And to the point that what I did at seven o'clock this morning feels like it was another day. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and so I, I just make use of my time and, and I'm no disservice to people. But when people say, particularly, you know, who haven't maybe got a family yet or, or, or you know, haven't got a family, they chose not to have a family, if they, or if they even live on their own, um, if they say, I just haven't got time to get these things sorted, I just think, how? <laughs> <laughs> You know, but I do understand that people's brains are affected by different things. So you, you just because you're on your own sat there, in fact, being on your own at home as a as a creator, I know a number of, of those uh, people who are doing that. When you're actually sat there on your own trying to create, when you're on your own, although as a parent, being on your own is like wow, I'm on my own. This is great. <laughs> when you're actually on your own and you know you're on your own that weighs on you and can stop mm. your creative process as mm. well. Uh, whereas for me, it was the opposite. It made last pan- the pandemic um, uh, and everything that's gone on this past year actually made me want to create more because of what I said. I didn't have ch- the choice to not because if I stop creating, then I'm not bringing any money in. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's that extrinsic motivation. Mm. Yeah, I had to. I couldn't sit there and cry about it. I had to get it done. You know, the Bring the Ninja comic that was me just about to lose all my work. So I thought, well, I've got to. I want to still create something, so I'll start doing a weekly comic. Let's do that, and then people might like it, and maybe they'll drop me a coffee from time to time if I promote that. Um, and then I got to the point where I thought, right, okay, I've now not got. A, I've now got enough of this to self-publish a comic. Um, and now, so it's been making me a little bit of money every now and then, and now I can self-publish it and then sell printed copies of it. And then, you know, I've got my fantastic quote on the back from Bill, and Mm. that can help. Uh, But what I've definitely realized is that, and I think this is moving forward, this is how I'm going to do things, I'm I'm not going to, I I can't see now when I'm going to set about, I'm now working on a new comic, like a self-published title, um, to then self-publish, I'm only ever going to do comic strips at this point that I collect in print to then sell again because I want to keep that flow of and because Kofi's become a really good thing with Magnum. You know, people have been supporting me really generously, and, and I know you guys did, and I really appreciate that. Um, and so it's a great way of it making money, and then you repackage it and sell it again. Because people like love print. Some people yeah. might want to hang out for the print version in the, in the end anyway. Um, but it just keeps it, it keeps the ball rolling rather than working on it for a few months or a few a couple of weeks or whatever. You know, sometimes I can turn things around fast um, and then trying to sell it. But because there are no events to sell things at, it's like there's no point working that way. Um, for me, I, you know, I've got you know. Usually, I would like, well, okay, well, let's get a comic ready to launch at this event I was doing, mm-hmm. but that wasn't happening, uh, and 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 so it, it, I've totally changed how I make approach making comics now, um, 
by doing the strips. You got to uh, adapt, man. You got to adapt. Strips was my first comics language anyway. Like I like yeah. I like strips. Well, That's uh, how I grew up. Yeah. What what's great about this method though is you're you're not s- singling yourself to one audience either, right? Like the digital audience or the print audience or whatever. Yeah. You're hitting all formats, all your whole crowd. And then there yes. are people like us who okay, we'll we'll use the di- digital to just like get a taste, but then once we once we've tasted it, we got to hold it in our hands. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that, you know, I love that. You know, digital is nice, but when you get the chance to get a print version of it, especially something you've really enjoyed. So, and I've been fortunate that people have still wanted to do that. There'll be people who have bought, like the, the you know, obviously the first Magnum comic that wasn't online. That was a print. That was that was the last comic I did where it was done as a print comic. To, to then, okay, let's see if I can sell. And it just came at just the right time. And, and um, I think I had maybe one event, my local event, where I sold it actually physically in, in, in person prior to the first lockdown. Um, but um, all the sales from that were online. Um, and then the second issue of Magnum um, was, you know, the was the, the, the collection of the eight comics. And, and then I'll do the same thing with Spook Kids. Um, uh, that I think I'm going to put out an issue of that every four months. Nice. Uh, which will get me to issue three by December, and then I think I'll collect those three issues as a as a collected edition um, at the end of the year as well. That's the plan because I'm and originally I was going to just do that as a monthly, um, but I've so I've put Magnum on pause for the time being just to focus on this because I I needed to come back to it because it was originally the it was going to be like a four issue series and then I've rebooted it. And in my opinion, it's so much, it's so much better. It's so much where I thought it was going to go. Um, but it hadn't gone for whatever reason. Um, and doing it as a strip inspired by bring the ninja. Cause I loved how I approached that. And I thought I need to do this same kind of thing with spook kids. Um, and, um, so I've got some really fun things coming up in that. Uh, you read the first three. Yeah. Yeah. Probably tell that this, it's a, it, especially the third one. Suddenly, we've got a random thing happens in the third one, mm-hmm. which I kind of really liked. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and 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 that will carry kind of carry on. Um, I didn't want to just come back and kind of just do another, or like a, a slightly reworked version of what you already seen. Mm-hmm. Um, th- th- this is going to be more of a about all the characters and kind of dip in and out. And because there's so many of them. Um, rather than having to draw all the characters all every time I do a strip, I'll I'll dip out and go okay. Well, this strip's going to be just about these two characters, and I thought that would be so. It, 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 this method in my madness it stops me having to draw all the characters all the time. Love, <laughs> yeah, oh, very smart. So uh, you know you've got Spook Kids, and it's the the new Spook Kids has dropped today. Uh, we're dropping this on Friday, this episode, so that should be yeah. available right now. Can you tell our listeners like? How can they find all the stuff that you're doing? How can they find Spook Kids? How can they find Magnum, your coffee shop, all that and stuff? And your, your online classes for kids, because I know oh, we yeah. have listeners with kids. Yeah, so so if you go if you if you go to my store, uh, Mark Makes Comics, so Mark with a C, M-A-R-C, uh, comics.co.uk, that's where you can buy my comics. And if you then find me on um, uh, on Instagram, again, as Mark Makes Comics, and Twitter as Mark Makes Comics, um, or everywhere, MySpace, you know, the whole thing, <laughs> my Maze Comics. Um, uh, but I promote my online drawing clubs on my Instagram. Uh, I do it on my Facebook as well, um, but uh, on the Instagram, so there'll be an advert there saying when my next uh, class is. Um, and then uh, and then Kofi, yeah, which is in the website for Kofi, is ko-fi.com and then forward slash Marmaze Comics. And there's a load of free comics on there. All the Wacko Man comics that I did for Comic Scene are on there for free, so you can read. I think there's 16 of those. Um, and um, I, I, at the start, I started putting Bring the Ninja on there, but it wasn't quite working because that was that was created for Instagram as a swipe along kind of. Um, so so I, I I didn't keep up with posting it on there. I might, I might come back to that at some point. But then Magnum's on there, um, part one to eight of the new of the new, all new adventures of Magnum PI, <laughs> which is kind of like, a, a, if you've read both of them, it's kind of, there's little elements of the, the, the mini comic in in the um, in the new strip. It's kind of like a reworking so that the, 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 
throughout the the, the, the second one, there's like the the, the, the storyline is about losing the Ferrari. The Ferrari's gone missing. Um, the, the mini comic, the Ferrari was missing in the first panel, and then they find the the, the Ferrari on the second page. Um, but there's little elements in there. But for eagle-eyed readers, um, I actually and I did this on purpose. There's one panel in the mini comic where I literally took the exact panel and put that into one of the strips. What? It's the exact panel. And my I did not get that. <laughs> so when I come back to doing Magnum again, which um, to be honest, it probably won't be because I really want to focus on spookies mm-hmm. and, and, and build up a good body of work on that. So sure. I, I heard in my head that I might come back and do a holiday special for Magnum PI Ooh, at Christmas. I love that. Um, and and so the plan would be, however that, that comes about, whether I put like a you know like a like a five pager or I do I, on the run up to Christmas like you know five week kind of thing or something like that. I don't know. That panel will appear again in that series, so it would it will always so go back and and and, and have a look. That's um, so fun. Uh, love it. I, I'm just it, imagining it was, a I, wreath of mustaches. That's your holiday special? Yeah, that's holiday special. Yeah. <laughs> i tell you what was really cool. So this kind of goes back to what you asked me before. Uh, a guy in Australia and his son, um, they bought the first Magnum PI comic and then had been following it on Kofi. And he reordered the first issue because his son had cut up the first issue to cover his school books. Aww. I was like, wow, this is amazing. So he reordered the new issue and then he said, we, we, we religiously read the, the, the monthly strip. And that was just really cool that somebody would tell me they did that. And then he then referenced, uh, um, so you've read the, the, yeah. the new yeah. ones. Yes. He then referenced, which wasn't in the mini-comic, but became a running joke about Magnum's thinking shorts. Yes, yes. Which, again, I've got to the point now where I don't see this my comic as a, as a version of the TV show. I see that Magnum has almost become my character this is my character who happens to be called magnum pi so i feel like i i kind of own this version of it um just don't tell um universal pictures or whatever <laughs> uh, uh, or maybe do tell them maybe i'll get some more you know all promotions good promotion isn't it um and um so the thinking shorts was was the was the running gag like like with bring the ninja with, with, with the uh, the ex-wife they kept coming back, so that was the that was the the thinking shorts mm-hmm. uh, was was that in there, and he said to me that thinking shorts is a term we use in our house all the time now. That's put on the thinking so shorts, and he got that from me. And then he said that um, in Australia they have they might have this in the US they have a kind of thing like this in the UK like World Book Day. Mm. Uh, or, or this World Book Day, but then there was something else he mentioned, and his son is going to come with, as my version of Magnum PI to World Book Day next year or this year. Amazing! And I was like, that's the most, and that's just like that's so amazing. Yeah, <laughs> cosplay is the ultimate love language. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's what makes it all worthwhile, you know. Yeah, and especially for me as a creator, who's you know I'm self-published and I'm I'm not that well known. You know, some people know my stuff, but um, it wouldn't hurt to be uh, for people to know more people to know. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and you guys can help me there. Yeah, we're trying. Uh, we're trying. And um, uh, and so so when you hear a lot of things like that, that really means a lot. It really does. Ah, uh, that's so. Yeah. I mean, that makes me happy. That fills, like, fills my love tank. Yeah, that that's really fantastic. It's warm now, aren't we? Yeah. yeah, Mark. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to chat with us. Your afternoon, our morning, uh, <laughs> across the pond. Um, we're going to send all our listeners your way to all the things that you just mentioned. We're going to include links to all of that stuff there in the show notes. So go send Mark some love. Buy some comics. They're great. Yeah. Guys, it's so nice to speak to you guys and see. And we're going to see each other this time, yeah. the people who are listening. Uh, and because this is happening on Friday, I'm so happy that the inauguration went without a hitch. Yeah. And, yes. And <laughs> wasn't, wasn't Lady Gaga's performance amazing? Amazing, who knew, amazing. Who knew she was going to do that live on stage? <laughs> yep, she came out from Biden for sure. Incredible. Oh, man. <laughs> Mark, thank you so much. You have a great day. Yeah, guys, take care. Stay well. Stay well. Stay well. Bye-bye. First things first, I am so glad that the inauguration went well. Uh, Oh, my goodness. How awkward would that have been? Oh, I would have edited all of that (laughs) ending to that conversation out. But luckily, Lady Gaga... 
did rock it. I know we she were did. biting our nails for her. She did, and she looked gorgeous doing it. Loved that dress. Loved that like crazy brooch that she had on. She she knows how to bring it. Unlike Bernie Sanders, dress up, friend. <laughs> oh, Look man. alive. The Bernie memes over the last couple of days, I like I started to get annoyed by him, but then they took it up a notch and then people started doing like fan art and animations around <laughs> Bernie Sanders and I became inspired again. I know, well, those are the best memes, the memes that do the whole rotation yeah. around the sun yeah. back to funny again. Yeah, yeah. So, Mark, you're lucky. You're lucky that the inauguration We're lucky. went well. And grateful. And grateful. We are lucky and we are grateful. But the I'm fight breathing. is not over. Mm, I am breathing easier, though. I Aren't mean, you? Yeah. I mean, of course I'm breathing a little easier, but that's when that's when they get you. So uh, <laughs> watch your breathing. Yeah, wear a mask. Yes, and wash your hands. Do as Judge Dredd says. It's the law, at least on federal land it is. Um, but guess what, guys? That's going to bring us to the end of this episode. We are absolutely super grateful to Mark Jackson of Mark Makes Comics for joining us, for returning back into the Creator Corner, for kickstarting off our Creator Corners for 2021. Mark, thank you so much. We love the chat. I know our listeners enjoyed it as well. And we love the comics. We're like, we're like the hair club for men up in here. We have... Not only have we, you don't know Hair Club for Men. I mean, I know Hair Club for, I know hair club for Men, like, but I have no idea what the connection is. Yeah, you is. know why? I'm not just a, I'm not just a doctor. I'm also a client. Oh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Those um, were the ads that ran during MacGyver. That's right. Not only do we interview Mark and we have such a wonderful time talking to him, but we are subscribers to his Kofi. We do own his comics. We've thrown him some jingle jangle. Yeah, and the Magna P.I. stuff I love, but Spook Kids, which, again, the new issue just dropped today, is also really great. If you like the Goonies. Yeah, you're going to dig it. You're going to dig it. So go check those out. Support Mark. And like I said, like, you know, I came away from this conversation and I applied a lot of his hustle to what we're doing here at Comic Book Couples Counseling. And I think you could apply it to whatever your endeavor is out there in the world. You know, like we all have our own little creative outbursts. If, if we follow Mark's lead, we can do good things with our talent. Yeah, have two kids. No. Then they have mouths to feed. Yeah. Then yeah. you're really going to start churning it out. No, like he says, if you don't have kids, like we don't have kids, we have no excuse <laughs> to be lazy. Why aren't we doing more? No excuses. More podcasting and more podcasting and more podcasting. I'd have a life, but I'm chained to my microphone. Uh, th yes, that's right. And uh, on that note, we really need to talk about what we're doing next week. We are kicking off X couple month. Finally, some muty on beauty action. For our first episode, we're talking Richter and Shatterstar as seen in the miniseries Shatterstar, reality star from writer Tim Seeley. We've read the comic. It's, it's adorable. So cute. It's super cute, right? Yeah, he's a landlord. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking about it next week. And then the week after that, we're going to be talking Storm and Callisto. And we still have to figure out who our last two mutant couples are going to be before we end it all and launch into... Can I tell them what we're going to do after the X-Men? Sure. We're going to do a milestone month. We're going to oh, celebrate yeah. milestone couples from Milestone Comics. I am so excited for that month. And I'm so excited for a little boost we got in our patrons this yeah. month. Thank you very much. Be listening for your words of affirmation. Very special and individual to you on our next episode. Yeah, that's right. And we have to do a tour of the love nest that's for right. those patrons. Uh, we gotta, you know, we gotta mop up some dust. There is so much, uh, not to brag, we got a lot of cool stuff. And uh, I think that it should be like a series. We can't give it all away on that. That's actually bit. a really good idea because that if we were to do the whole place in one video, that would be like a two hour tour. So if we a cut two hour tour. Yeah, we do not want to be lost like the SS Minnow um, because then we'd have to call in Magnum and Simon and Simon and the A-Team to come find us. Maybe that wouldn't be so bad. Mm, uh, that's cozy. I think, yeah, I like the idea of chopping up that tour in multiple episodes and dropping those into the Patreon feed. That's a really good idea. Oh, thanks. Programming on the fly. But Lisa, I think you have a question you have to ask me. Will you love me forever? Uh, duh. No, duh. Will you give my shoulders a squish? Oh, if I have to. <laughs> he gets those sore knuckles. I know. 
where can our listeners send their words of affirmation to you? You can find me on all social medias at MouthDork. If you have words of affirmation for our logo, you can send them to Aaron Prescott at a cool hand fluke. And if you have some words of affirmation for our radical banner art, send them over to at Karen underscore X-Men fan. Lisa, where can our listeners send their words of affirmation to you? I am always accepting words of affirmation at Sidewalk Siren on Instagram and Twitter. If you'd like to spend more quality time with us, you can subscribe to us on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and iTunes. If you'd like to get exclusive, you can join our Patreon, where you'll get more content, including weekly bonus episodes. We also have a Kofi. Yeah, we do have a Kofi. We don't talk about the Kofi, and I don't really upload enough to that Kofi. Maybe I should turn that around, because if Mark Jackson's got a Kofi, we better have a really good Kofi. Do the hustle. Uh, but if you want to reach out and touch us electronically, you can email the podcast, cbccpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website, www.comicbookcouplescounseling.com, or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at cbccpodcast. You can give us the gift of five stars on Apple Podcasts, and if you'd like to do an act of service, why not write a review of the show while you're there? We are fluent and receptive in all five love languages. It really warms our hearts. And helps the pod. So until next time, folks, keep your love tank full. And your psychic rapport open. Lisa, while I appreciate your baseball metaphor there, going to second base with Mark Jackson, uh, when I hear baseball or baseball terminology, there's only one thing I think of. And that's... Uh, when you're sliding around third and you feel a dirty turd, <laughs> diarrhea, no! diarrhea. This is, that's not how we're starting this episode. We're, no, not, not, with, not with... Mark is British. He is proper. Uh, you know... And I, it was already a double entendre with something nice. Yeah, well, you know, but, but see, first off, there are all kinds of different British people. We know this because my mom is British. She's from Devon. <laughs> so how does she feel about that poem? Um, well, she loved it. She always... She she preferred when you're sliding into no, home... No, I've met your And you your feel mother. a lot of foam. I've met diarrhea, Denise Ellison. We are very close, and she doesn't like that no, kind no, of she's, talk. She's, she's from the, you know, the, the, the more... Um, you know, industrial British. She 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 likes she likes she likes a little dirty language. <laughs>